Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. To stay updated on all things VOBB, you can swing by our website, uh, boothbesties.com, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And join us in the VO Booth Besties Facebook group as well. Now, without further ado... Let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. Thank you. Frank Verderosa is a 32-year veteran of the audio industry. Currently on staff at Digital Arts in New York City, he continues to apply his trade for ad agencies, production companies, most major animation, film studios, and more. Having met early success as a music engineer, Verderosa shifted to the world of post-production, in those years, he's worked for some of the biggest companies in the industry, as well as his own boutique shop. In addition to a full-time career, he continues to be a valued resource for the audio and voiceover community as a blogger, consultant, teacher, writer, and speaker. Hi, Frank. That sounds like a lot of stuff. No wonder I'm tired all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, and I don't even think we're really scratching the surface, because like any yeah. creative and artist, you're doing 50,000 other things on top yeah. of what you've listed. And, and that's a two-year-old bio. So now it's 34 <laughs> years. Okay. <laughs> so I'm even more tired all oh, the time. Oh, my goodness. We hear you about the tired, let me tell you. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We are so, we really, all three of us, have really been looking forward to this interview. And we're just I'm really I'm so glad. sorry. I just yes, feel bad because you're going to be so disappointed. Stop. No, we are really excited. And we're glad we found a time that makes it, that works for you. So one of the first conversations you and I had, and this has been probably well over a year ago, it was an online conversation, and you somebody had made a post about, you know, you just need this, you just need the demo, you just need the thing. And anyway, you were joking about it, and we went back and forth, and I had made a comment that I'd watched a Mike Rowe interview um, with him and one of his buddies, and he was like, yeah, the way you get into voiceover is you just be famous, and like, that's, and then you're in. But then you had a story kind of corroborating that <laughs> mentality. Yeah. You yeah. share that? Well, so yeah, I was recording fairly often uh, before the pandemic, Blair Underwood was coming in to record for Lexus. Uh, and probably only a few months before lockdown, he was in and uh, he brought a relative or it was a relative uh, that was asking how they get into voiceover. And I said what I always say. It's like it's three easy steps, right? First, train, right? Lots of training and coaching with people that really know their stuff, master the craft. Step two is when it's time, you do a great demo reel and really highlight your skills. And step three, and this is the most important part, be a celebrity. There you go. <laughs> I love it. There's your three-step program. And I'm glad the joke landed in his presence because that could have gone either way, but he got yeah. a kick out of it. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's so funny. Um, and ironically, the first in-person session post-COVID was back to Blair Underwood for Lexus. So oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Okay. For me, so, personally. Well, yeah. I mean, 
But is I'm, is it fun working with celebrities or like, hmm, or can you say? Uh, yeah, I've I've worked with everybody. Uh, I've never had a bad session with anybody of note. Uh, always delightful. Excellent. You know, amplified by the years I spent with Gilbert's podcast, which was celebrity after celebrity driven week after week. Uh, never, never had a problem. Always lovely people. People have bad days, but most never let it show or take it out on, on the, the peons like me. <laughs> well, you make us all sound good, so we've got to kiss up a little bit. So how <laughs> did you find your way into audio engineering? Like, how are you? How are you even here in this amazing studio with this beautiful setup and all the things and all the toys? How did you find yourself here? Well, this is my basement. I should uh, I should qualify that. This is not even the studio I work for. Uh-huh. Um, this is just home. And the weird thing about home is the basement was a disaster. It, when we moved in, it needed work and it just got worse. And finally, right before COVID, who knew about COVID? I was like, you know, let's mm-hmm. renovate it. So we gutted it, redid the whole thing. And I kind of always had a small home studio space, but I kind of ramped it up a little bit. And then when COVID hit, I was ready to go. I'd already had Source Connect and Zoom and a yeah. stopwatch and uh, all the all the details worked out. So when the owner of Digital Arts said, are you prepared to work remotely? I was like, 100%. Like, we've got this. Uh, and I tried to lead the way in that effort to kind of train all the actors that I knew in the New York area that never needed a home studio. It wasn't how they work. Uh, so I made that my mission. And I just did free webinar after free webinar for a really long time showing people how to do it. Um, but as far as getting into it, I mean, it goes back to high school. I was the okay. nerd in high school that had a keyboard and a drum machine and a four track. And I used to record neighborhood kids in my garage. My brother's a well-known drummer. And so he had a lot of gear. And when he was home from college, all our gear would be together in the garage. And there were nights I would go in after dinner to the the garage studio and then the next thing I knew, the garage door would be opening, and it was my dad going to work the next morning. Oh, my so gosh. I just, yeah. And the sun was coming in. I'm like, oh, okay. That that was a long night. So you but knew that was it. a passion for sure. Yeah. And then I found a college that, that offered a really good degree in it. I found several. I got accepted first to the University of Miami's program, and I was pumped to be going down to Miami. But then I got accepted to a place called SUNY Fredonia. It's one of the New York state schools. Yep. And it was a fraction of the cost. My parents said, guess where you're going? And I said, okay. But it turned out to be the best thing I could have done. It was a really wonderful college. The program I ultimately ended up in was modeled after a German Tonemeister program, which, you know, it's music training and sound recording and electronics and all that. I really gravitated toward the studio part of it all. Like, I, I, you know, I could have been better with music. I just wasn't focused on it. I didn't really love the math and the electronics. I wasn't, I just lived for being in the studio. Uh, and then as it turns out, half the studios in New York city, especially for post-production are, um, they're run by or staffed by Fredonia people. Like we're everywhere. So. Did you have, but I mean, were you a music, a musician or just your brother? Yeah. I mean, I to get into Fredonia, I had to audition on classical guitar. That was my instrument at the time. Oh, really? Uh, so I was technically a music major for my first year there. Um, I was a drummer growing up, and I loved playing piano, but really more keyboards. Yeah. So now I suck at a lot of different instruments together. Same. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm totally a hacked piano player. That's what I tell yeah. people. My, my daughter is a classically trained pianist. She plays violin. She's just got um, second chair um, regional for oboe. Like she is. Oh, that's just, great! Congrats! Oh, she's phenomenal. That I'm like chord, chord, chord. Yeah. But I don't care. 
I get a yeah, company. And, I, and I know enough, like, you know, I come from the music production background and I, yeah. you know, worked on a lot of really good projects where I, you know, sketch out what I need with my abilities, but then hire really good players to kind of do the heavy lifting. Uh, that was my job. It's like, oh, here's what it could sound like. Now let's get real people to yeah. play it. Which is you great. are like the living scratch track. <laughs> yes, literally. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, let's keep going. So, clearly, you've been in the industry decades. Um, you've seen it all, warts and everything. Um, what would you say have been the most positive changes? Let's say post pandemic. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but let's just say in the last kind of handful of years, what have you seen that's been a real positive change for the industry? Um. I mean, pick one, please tell us there's <laughs> a positive. You say, um, yeah. we'll get I'm, to not the known, I'm not known for positive. Well, I will say like, okay, for whether it's a voice actor at home or me as an engineer, what we can do and the cost of what we can do keeps getting more and more breathtaking and amazing. Like the tools we have now, uh, especially for what I do are just ridiculous. You know, it used to be yeah. a big deal back in the day of like, first of all, even having digital audio. Um, but even before that, when we were cutting on tape, the ability to splice an S onto the end of a word and do all these little things we can do. And now that's just sort of basic. That's expected. Right. right? But then the noise removal. Um, just before we got on, I was wrapping up the next episode of my new podcast series. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did on Zoom during the pandemic is being bundled up for the show. Uh, but thanks to things like Adobe Podcast, where I can use AI to radically punch up the audio from Zoom and release it, like these are all small miracles. Yeah. And when you're working with clients, you know, for, for my job, when I've got people, whether they're in the room or on Zoom, uh, when you can like kind of pull out your little bag of tricks and take something they thought was a goner and poof, it's amazing. I live for this stuff. So the, the technology on the plus side is just, I mean, I, it never ends, you know, That's there's awesome. no end to the fun. <laughs> so what are the potholes? What still needs some attention? I mean, there's so much. Right? <laughs> okay, I mean, give us your my, my biggest pet peeve uh, is the current state of casting. I'm okay. very vocal about it. And I've been yep. trying to find a way to verbalize it without insulting the people I know, love, and respect that also do casting. Uh, right. Casting is a smaller part of what I do. I have certain clients that will reach out and they like what I bring to the table in terms of how I do it, what they get, and how it's part of the overall project as in, instead of being a detached piece of it. Um, it's it's always funny when like the actors who get on FaceTime with me and we, we do the casting when they show up for the session and it's also me. They're like, oh, I didn't know oh, that hey. that was the deal. <laughs> but people get to know me and that's the case. But I do think that is a disaster in in so many ways out there right now. That's that's the biggest thing for me okay. uh, to the point of literally losing sleep over it. Uh, huh. I, I literally I get so stressed about what's happening to voice actors, uh, especially, the, you know, the people I've come up with, um, how it's how it's going going on and i even i just made a meme i haven't even shared it so it's like a you heard it here first kind of thing all it's, right it's buried on my website but you know my most recent topic is has casting become ageist by definition mm -hmm. because i know personally some older folks that didn't grow up with computers that are sent a script at 9 p.m and it's due the next morning and they are they need to be their own engineer and not everybody can do it. And that's kind of alienating older people. And the flip side is younger people who are like, you know, getting auditions for cartoons and suddenly their parents who, 
you know, they're accountants by trade and suddenly they have to like know how to run a program and a computer and source connect. I mean, it's a little unfair. Um, All of it's easily fixed. I think there's some ridiculousness that needs to change out there. I don't think every script that comes across an actor's plate needs to say must have a home studio. I think that verbiage has to go. It's never been in a breakdown from my clients. No, no client of mine for any casting ever has ever said they have to have a home studio. It's assumed when I'm casting something that we're going to do it at digital arts and you have a studio. If you don't happen to live in New York and you want to audition, then yes, you need to have a home studio uh, and it needs to be good. But when I see people in New York City auditioning for jobs being produced in New York City, being told have to have a home studio, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. That's Every good. engineer listening or that I know would agree. Like, we'd rather have you in our professional booth than stuffed in your closet needlessly. So yeah. that these are the things that that really bother me about the business right now. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Before I'm going to pass it over to AB. So you poo pooed my silo, my solo silo studio. Why why can't I have a studio in the round? Because it was going to be too corny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, there went my million dollar idea. All right, AB. I'll, 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 I will tell I'll tell you my million dollar idea because okay. AB is exemplifying it. I, for a lot of people that have really good sounding closets, like a walk-in closet with clothes and debris is, is oftentimes a great studio. I want to manufacture a single sheet with a studio bricks sort of vibe printed on it that you can just hang behind you uh, in your closet and just look like you're in a great studio because you're going to sound okay. So what I want to do for AB is actually take a picture of all the clothes in my closet and have her hang that. So we right. kind of level the, the playing field. Yeah, we kind of level go. the playing field. She can have her studio bricks, but I need to see like men's t-shirts, some underwear hanging off. Like we kind of got to. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That would. I'm sure that that would uh, really make me seem more down to earth and relatable and authentic. Men's underwear. Absolutely. <laughs> So, um, Frank, I've been following you for a long time on social media, and I love your no-nonsense attitude. You're not, like, you don't beat around the bush. When you make comments and things, you're not afraid of who might be offended, right? Like, you say it like it needs to be said, and I appreciate that about you. Um, You also give a, I think you do a really great job of giving perspective, different perspectives to topics that... Oftentimes it's, this is the only way, right? Like, this is the way. And I'm like, voiceover is not the Mandalorian. There (laughs) is no one path to success, right? Like we all have, yeah, sure. We need to learn the craft. We need to have the proper equipment and we need to know how to use it. Be a celebrity. Yeah. And then be a celebrity. (laughs) I mean, I'm a celebrity in my home. In your booth. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some examples that you can think of are things that, that we talk about as this is the way in the industry that we could kind of break through that glass box we put around ourselves. The biggest hurdle for me is, you know, I forget. And I think going through COVID and belonging to more groups on social media sort of thrust into this world is my perspective has always been from like New York city centric union commercial work, right? That's my wheelhouse. 
so then to go on social media and someone says, oh, I had a stack made by so-and-so and this is all my processing and, and to come on and go, well, no, studio to studio, engineer to engineer, we never want to hear that. Uh, turn that all off right away. And then they'll say, well, no. And, and you get, and then you realize, oh, wait, they do audiobooks for a living or they're doing corporate narration and they are the last stop. So it's not a one size fits all thing in any direction. So that's the, the biggest pothole I get into. And, you know, there, there, I mean, we know there are too many actors, too many voice actors for one. It's a saturated market bordering on ridiculous. You're um, not allowed to say that. We're not no, allowed I am, to say I, that in well, the Well, here's the difference between me and a lot of folks that are out there. I don't have a stake in the game. Like, yeah. I'm not a voice actor. I'm not a coach. I'm not a conference presenter. I have no stake in the game. I'm the guy that you'll hopefully eventually work with at a studio. And God willing, I remain busy and, and keep doing what I do. But I don't have a stake in all that. So I don't need to drive that market. And I feel like the state of casting now in particular fuels that market. I get people reaching out to me every day saying, what can I do? I'm not booking. What am I doing wrong? It's like, it's not you. It's the industry. You're competing with a thousand people on a job where, you know, used to show up and be one of 50 in a New York City casting booth. So there's there are all these factors. And when you speak about that, you get shut down because that counters the messaging that you'll often see on social media. So it's a really it's a challenging thing for me. And my first taste of that was very early on in the pandemic um, running my webinars that I would do. And they would go with three and a half, four hours a clip. And I would post them on some of the Facebook groups I sort of belong to, or, or one or two in particular. And one night, one guy commented, is like, quit treating this group like your personal cash register. And You're like, hello, those were free. <laughs> those were so thankfully the person that ran that group weighed in and said those are free. But it, but then I realized, oh, but that person makes a lot of their income coaching and teaching, and and I'm offering free what that person might have charged hundreds for. And it's funny because throughout lockdown, I hosted these Mentor Monday events, which kind of did double duty as podcast episodes, which I'm finally bundling and re releasing. Uh, those were also free. So some of the biggest names in the business you could come hang out with for a couple of hours and listen and learn from and ask questions. Never charged a thing for that. But now I'm finding post-pandemic people are having those same guests on and it's a couple of hundred bucks to be in their presence. I'm like, I don't know if that makes me a sucker or... <laughs> But we I just felt like it was the same question. Yeah, but it was a good thing to do, and a lot of people be benefited from it. And uh, and I constantly put out blog posts, and of course the blog posts come. In, there's always going to be somebody, right? Anyone who's got the time it takes to poop on a post, uh, or to naysay, or their way is the right way. I mean, you know, there's a type out there. I did a video on TikTok about proper four sixteen placement and. A very loud mouth in the industry jumped in there and felt compelled to shit on what I was saying about Mike placement. And they were wrong. And I don't care. I don't know them. I don't like them. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't cost me anything. So, um, so these are the, those are the things that I sort of contend with. And it doesn't, I mean, again, like tomorrow I'm going to go in, I'm mixing a bunch of TV spots and I'm doing a Disney session. And, uh, this week I did some stuff for, uh, a car and a fast food thing and, you know, it's different every day. That's my reality. And I should add that all the things I'm talking about that bother me, that really genuinely rattle me and to the point where I got to figure out like there, I pulled back from coaching and consulting and helping people for like a year because I was just so sick of the social media counter arguments to everything. But people keep finding me anyway. I don't really do a ton of promotion on it, uh, but I think they like 
accuracy and I think they appreciate real talk. Uh, and I, and I dispel a lot of myths live in the moment with people, but when I'm busy at the studio, none of that stuff matters. None of that, like that all melts away. It's not a part of my reality. All the bickering and the nonsense, which you only see in one half of the voice industry. That's the multi-level marketing, social media part, pay to play end of the industry. That's where all the infighting is. The rest of the folks are just sort of watching going, what, what is all that? It's very odd. Um, so that all melts away. And then when I have a moment or I catch up on some posts, I, I get back into that. I get swept up in it, which is really dumb of me to do because it's not not my reality we uh we hear you on that we, we know uh, it a little too yeah. well yeah <laughs> part yeah. of the pro and and i mean we're we're not upset about it it's something we want to do but yeah we're we run a fate we run another facebook group and we're so glad that you you know share your content with us but yeah it's um i i told yeah. the ladies earlier i was like i just i want I want, I love social media. Like I do, like I find so much joy and I try to curate my, my feed to just bring me joy. But yeah. I was like, I want, I want my social media and politics. I just want nice social media. Can we just make that a thing? And like no ugly social media is allowed. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. And I want all yeah. the politics to just be nice. Let's just be nice. Like <laughs> well, nice and politics. Yeah. I know. I know. That's not well, or marriage. social media either. It comes with unicorns and glitter and rainbows. <laughs> That's right. Let me but live it in is, my it fantasy. Is, it's really tricky. It, it's hard to speak to a group of people when within the thing we call VO, there are so many different lanes. and you. But there are things that are global and consistent. Good acoustics, proper mic placement, good levels, not over-processing your sound. Those are, you know, those are non-negotiable, but people still push back on it. Yeah. Um, and the, and it, I, I will tell you, it's a type. It, there's a type in some of these groups where it's always, you know, there's a it's it's the mansplaining thing from all angles, and it just it cracks me up. It's like whenever you get those that pushback on anything, it's it's, it's always the same kind of person, you know. Well, we find it's often those who are profiting off of the industry. Oh, absolutely. That, and and that is, you know, we've been called out some in the past for certain things, and we're like, you do realize we make. Zero dollars. Zero dollars. We don't yeah. make any money. Like, yeah. it's just not, that's just not what we're in it for. So um, I actually had a, a conversation with uh, Billy Cholera at CESD today, um, who's one of my agents. And he was talking about the fact that there's these multiple industries within the voiceover industry. Yes. And he's like, I don't, I don't get that whole industry. He's like, why do you guys, why do you guys think you have to be perpetual students? Like, why do you think you have to coach forever? He's like. You get there, you know what you're doing, and right. and if you're booking, there's your feedback. You know, if yeah. you're doing great, do your feedback. Well, so, I made um, a meme a while ago that I shared, and I took Morpheus from The Matrix with the blue pill and the red pill. And it's like, there are, what if I told you there are two different voiceover industries? And some people kind of got it, but some people are like, I don't, I don't get it. But, you know, if you're new to voiceover and you get on social media and you join a group, you might think that your only path toward becoming a voice actor is study with this full of people, uh, this this fistful of people, go to these conferences, learn from these people, buy these things, do these things, take all these classes and do 8 million demo reels, which is ridiculous to most, yeah. any agent will tell you it's ridiculous. Um, and there's a path and then you join a bunch of pay to plays and you spend every last bit of money you have. So you have a one in a million chance of making $500 for a voiceover job. I mean, it's ridiculous uh, at its core. 
And then there's another whole path. And what's weird is most of the actors I work with and know uh, generally, and like especially the New York area, they don't even know what all that other stuff is. I've I've had these conversations in session. I'm like, are you in this? And they're like, no, I don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, because there's a conference, like a conference for voiceover. Like they have and the awards for demo reels and and like the insanity. Now. I've had these conversations with people, those who've been in a room with me on Clubhouse, especially late at night, have heard me fly off about this stuff. If it makes you feel good, great. If you need to spend two and a half, three thousand dollars on a demo reel and then have the person that produced your reel give you a trophy for even more money later, if that makes you feel good and if, if it brings you into a community, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to be a part of that world. I, I think it's kind of goofy because clients don't care. <laughs> like the people ultimately booking you don't know and don't care what that is. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, there's so much take out there. Yeah, it's true. Um, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's a different path. It's a, a way to learn. Right. But it's when it, when the idea becomes that it is the only way that, that I get yeah. a little irritated, um, a lot irritated, I also wanted to touch back on what you said about the, the oversaturation in the industry, because this is yeah. something that that I keep saying. I'm like, it it's supply and demand. Everyone's like, no, the prices stay here. I'm like, guys, the prices are dropping. Oh, the prices are dropping. It's laughable. It, I mean, you, you talk to any big agent and they're going to tell you the prices are dropping and they're doing their best to keep them up. But supply and demand. And so. Yeah. It is, you know, there is a little what, bit of What that. makes me laugh personally is the irony and, and kind of the insanity of a non-union actor on pay-to-play sites taking to social media to poo-poo people that are on Fiverr. Meanwhile, like the union actors that you've kind of helped screw uh, over a period of time who are now struggling because it's been diluted and killed to a large extent are sitting there like, oh, that's not a great feeling, is it? You know, it's like you're you're basically it's like the well has no bottom. Um, all the people charging against AI and don't do AI. Someone's going to do it. You know, Billy are. with his USB mic in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have access to L.A., New York, Chicago, Atlanta, whatever. Uh, they want to make money doing voiceover and someone's going to offer them a bucket of money to be an AI. Why wouldn't they? You know, yeah. so um, you we had a question in the chat, uh, a couple of them actually. So first, there's a chat. Yes, we, there's a chat on YouTube, and and I'm I'm here to submit the questions to you. Wow. Um, first of all, wondering if um, this is Jamie Mercer, wondering if Frank can give some advice on spotting and avoiding scams with so many, so many conversations about that currently. What what advice do you have? It depends on the scam. Uh, I, it's hard for me to give advice on that because that whole world, especially in the pay to play and the game show thing that goes around all that, that's, that's not even in my orbit. I don't, that's not the work I do. So I'm not, I don't, that's not a place I know about. So, you know, I, I see them all the time questioning in groups and people are like, Oh yeah, that's a scam. If I ever get into voice acting one day, which God help us if that happens, um, I would be honored to get the game show scam. That That's a goal of mine. I may get into it just in the hopes of being one of the people getting the game show scam. That would be fun. I think we've all had it. Um, <laughs> it's one of those. I think there are some red flags we have to look for, you know, when it comes to email marketing that comes to us. Like, yeah, 
I don't know. I There have been very few times where someone has come to my email inbox and been like, here's this job, you know. Right. And so that's a big red flag. If they want you to deposit money in advance of the job, that's always going to be a big, big red flag. If their English is struggling, that's a that is a red. There are some clients I have that, that their English isn't great, but it is a good thing to be aware of that that's a red flag. Um, I think what Jamie may have been getting at, though, is like, the coaches that are just out to make money off of you. Um, yeah. I mean, there are so many. And and again, it's weird. Like the the best coaches I know will refer each other, right? Like you study with somebody like Deb Sperling, she'll be the first to tell you, you should go meet so-and-so. Like she's not there to just collect your cash. Um, whereas other coaches are super protective of their mini empire they don't want mm -hmm. you to go learn and they especially don't want you to go learn from somebody that actually does the work every day um and supports themselves just as a voice actor they want you to believe what they know to be true uh which isn't always accurate so vet your coach you know ask a coach i mean you know i hosted a series of events uh kind of in the waning days of lockdown called meet a coach and i had deb and sarah krieger and anna garduno and paula birdie and andy roth come on for free so everybody can kind of meet. And what I learned from doing that is nobody knew what to ask yeah. or how to, like everybody would say, um, should I edit my breaths out of my audition? Like who cares? That's not even a question you need to be asking. The questions you should ask a coach is, Hey, you're a commercial, uh, coach for, for that world. What's the last commercial you did? If it was a decade ago, maybe that's not who you want to be studying with. Uh, if you're going to go study promo work, have you done promos? Are you even in that world? Do you know that world? If you're teaching animation, are you in the animation world? Do you, what have you been involved with? Because it's questionable, uh, what's out there. And I don't, I can't know everybody and what everybody's done, but I do look people up. I mean, I'll see somebody post something, go, do I know this person? And I'll go to IMDB and, and research a little bit, uh, go to I, you know, iSpot TV and, and look up what they've done. And I know not everybody's credited for all their voiceover work on those things, Amen. but you can kind of find and get a sense of who's really out there. Sometimes it's by location. Personally, for me, when somebody adds me on Facebook or any social media, I'll go, oh, I don't know who that is. And I'll click on them and I will look at their mutual friend list and put them in a box right away. It's like, if I see their friends with this person, that person, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, they're in the bigger league. If they're friends with these people, it's like, okay, they must be kind of new or in pay-to-play world. Um, but vet, ask questions, and don't be afraid to ask questions, especially if you're going to drop real money, you know? And I would say um, that this is one of those times it might be a good idea to post in a Facebook group. That's always a welcome post in Besties. If you want to say, I'm thinking about working with X coach, does anybody have any personal experience with them? Feel free to message me, or they can post it, and we can right. learn from each other's experiences. Yeah, where that can be problematic is I've seen that where everybody vouches for a particular coach that they study with, but they don't, they're so new, they don't know different coaches. That's coach true. loyalty is problematic for me. Like I've, you know, even when it comes to the technical, I consult with people almost every night of the week on their setups. And sometimes they get people where they're like, well, I met with so-and-so and they said this. And I'm like, I work in a studio. Like I'm telling you, I'm trying to get you to model yourself after what we do and what's expected at a studio, but if you've heard this and that from a voice actor somewhere that I don't even, you know, some city I've never heard of, some guy I've never heard of, by all means, you know, do, stick to what they've taught you. If, if it's working and you're booking, great. 
but you reached out to me because you got negative feedback on your sound. Let's fix it. Like stop being yeah. loyal. And and then same goes for coaching. Like if you're learning bad advice, like I know coaches who obsess over file delivery and that's the least of the things anybody cares about. Uh, so it's all these wacky things. Just be careful that ask questions, research, you yeah. know. And look out for um, if they're missing sessions without apologizing, if they're not responding to emails, if they uh, take payment for things that they don't do. These are some experiences that some of us have had recently. Um, mm -hmm. Those are if you start seeing those things, run away, work with someone else. Um, yeah. OK, I'm going to do a quick little insert for Studio Bricks because they are sponsoring, which again, pays for the expenses, not a paycheck for us, our podcast this session. And we love, I love them, as you can see by my booth here. And um, I had a conversation today, with, like I, I think I said, with Billy Collar at CESD, and he was talking about how some of the things that are out there um, for booths aren't necessarily what we want. And it's just really nice to have a good solid studio space. Yeah. I loved what you said about the closets sometimes are perfect. Like mine wasn't simply because I have children. So no, no amount of clothes is going to remove the child stomping up the stairs out of my audio. You know, it's just yeah. not going to work. So for me, I needed the studio bricks in order to be able to record regardless of my life external circumstances. I also used to have to turn off the HVAC and the dryer, and then I would forget to turn them back on. And we'll just not talk about how many loads of laundry I had to rewash. <laughs> so the Studio Bricks gives me the freedom and the flexibility, and we um, recommend that you check it out. They are an expensive but worthwhile investment. So yeah. um, they, they do, I think, have some quirks about them i'd love to get your feedback at some point on some of the the noise um inside you know we talk about noise reduction yeah. and keeping the outside noise out right and then the noise treatment inside and the newer studio bricks i think do a better job i have an older one so mine i think has some yeah, i don't know uh i have limited experience with them but i'm telling you i i teach a home studio primer class and it, it's basically a reworked version of the free things I used to do during the pandemic tends to be where new people are sent by their coaches just to kind of figure out what works for their budget. And I always start with like, hey, if you've got the resources, Studio Bricks, you get a Studio Bricks booth, it solves all your problems. And then we work our way down from there, right? If you have the budget to have a custom built booth with all the, uh, you know, mass loaded vinyl and green glue and sheetrock and all the things, wonderful, right? And I've met and worked with people who've done that. But Studio Bricks booths are the quick fix if you've got the money for it. Yep. And and enough people do. I love them. I think they're great. They're not perfect. No rectangular box is ever going to be perfect. Um, but they are a, a real savior. I remember when pandemic started, uh, Jim Conroy, who's a friend, actor, also vocal like me, um, he went like right after one of my webinars, he just was like done because he's a busy guy. And he went right out and got a Studio Bricks booth. And it was like the last one available in the region when COVID hit and he got his hands on it. They're great. They're not a cure-all, but they're great. But then there are so many things you can do depending on your budget. And in my home studio primer, we kind of say like, okay, here's what would be great. If you have this much, do this. If you have that much, do that. And the same for gear. Would we love everybody to have a 416 or a U87? Sure. Great. If you can't afford that, you dial down. Even this $200 thing that I leave up on my desk, uh, Rode NT1A, which I have no problem with. And actors show up with them all the time. No problem with it. 
But even then, that's one of those things I, I posted about it after I got it in a group way before the pandemic, like a year or so before. And somebody in a group was like, please don't get those mics. They're terrible. They're bright. And then like a dozen people underneath were like, I love mine and I book all the time. Like, thank you. If it's what you can afford, it's great. And I would say I have mine over here. I'm going to pull it into frame. I've got my 416 that I keep with my podcast rig. And the sonic uh, profile between the 416 and the NT1A are almost interchangeable sometimes. Like I've done pickups with this where I've recorded with that. They work pretty well. So there is something for everybody. And that kind of gets us back to uh, what we talked about earlier the barrier to entry. There are so many affordable alternatives to the big budget things, whether it's a Studio Bricks booth. I'm about to set up a Snap Studio booth in my basement here. Uh, I don't record as many actors. This is horrible. The, right before the holidays, we were getting ready for a party. I wanted to pack up the Neumann and then pull up, pull my booth down. And I said to my wife jokingly, because Andre Brower had been coming over to record nearly monthly since the pandemic began, originally in his car in the driveway and then ultimately in the house. And the minute I packed it up, I said to my wife, watch, they're going to need to record him. And I've just put it all away. And instead, I got an email or saw a news report that night that he died, Um, which is really it's awful because I've got this snap studio booth that I want to set up in the basement, which is really going to make it a much better thing down here for my home setup. And uh, I don't know how many actors need it. Now, the flip side flip side of that is I'm back at the studio many more days a week than Ever. So like I'm, I was in Monday, I'm going back in tomorrow. Um, so I'm not using the basement to record as much, but if I had the ceiling height and the budget, I would get a studio bricks booth in a second. Yeah. I love it. Um, I worked, I worked up to mine. I, I, I like to point that out because I didn't just have the budget for it. I, I started in my closet. I moved to a custom built studio that we built ourselves. And then my neighbor chopped down all of his trees and took my sound buffer. And so then we had to get the bricks. Um, okay, let's move on a little bit. We had another question in the chat about submitting truly raw audio. And I know you're a big advocate of letting the voice actor be the voice actor and letting the engineer be the engineer. So speak to that a little bit. What does that mean to you? Yeah, well, if you're submitting a commercial, again, this goes to the it depends, right? Depends on what part of the business you're in. So if you're doing a self-tape for a commercial project, and you're mouth denoising and doing a room noise, you know, removal. Uh, and some of these people process their stuff to death. And it's immediately obvious to anyone with a pair of ears that's done this. Um, and you'll think you're submitting something transparent. Here's the problem with that. It's false advertising because most of those things you can't do in real time, right? You can't do mouth noise removal in real time. There's like a huge latency if you ever try to do it live, if you've ever experimented with that. And most voice actors aren't set up in a way that they're going to be able to send that down source connect anyway. Now I'm right now, I'm running myself through a denoiser. I have a uh, RX denoise on me just to kind of get some of the noise. Although I got a new Mac, so there's no more fan noise in my setup here. Um, so it's false advertising and it tends to work against most actors. I've gotten files from people where they process themselves to the point where they sound like, uh, you know, bad radio DJ settings for a delicate commercial voiceover. It's just not good, especially if you don't know what you're doing. I'm sorry if you've paid for a stack. Um, I think those often work against people. Haven't heard one sound good yet. Um, and so, I'm, yes, I'm a very big in the don't, don't process it camp. And my solution for that in casting is I only do 
live directed casting. We will get on Zoom. We'll also get on Source Connect. We're going to talk for 10 minutes. I'm going to hear what you do organically, and then we're going to push in different directions and and then submit it to the client. And I'll be able to say, hey, don't don't focus on their sound. They're going to come to the studio if they book. Just worry about the performance. Or if your setup is terrible and I can't work with it and we're not going to pay for another room somewhere where we happen to live, then you just don't get submitted. But I know from the get-go, and I also know because you, it's pretty hard to send a uh, process sound down the line. Uh, the only time I don't do uh, directed auditions is if it's like a, a two-word thing by one character in a spot. I'm not going to waste everybody's time, and I'll do self-tapes. But even then, I'll stick to people I know are solid, you know. Awesome. Good to know. Um, so on that note, how important is Source Connect to being successful in the industry? And does it matter what kind of computer you have, PC, Mac? I realize that's two questions in one. but No, it doesn't matter. Source Connect, you know, uh, did a great TikTok video because uh, I think uh, – uh, Mandy Fisher, you know, a story you read on TikTok. She's she's always fun. And she did a thing about all the things a voice actor needs to know. And in that was, you know, and you need to know Source Connect, which is a thing we have to know for some freaking reason, like, you know, and I kind of stitched it and explained like Source Connect's been around forever, right? They were, they are the de facto replacement for ISDN lines and ISDN lines back in the day, you had to pay for the lines. You had to pay for the box, which was 1500, two grand a box. Plus you had to pay per minute when you were using it, right? So long comes Source Connect, which is an internet based solution, does the same thing. The quality is great. There are some, you know, pitfalls to watch out for. It's like cover a lot of that. I do teach a Source Connect class because a lot of people, get it and they're kind of confused by it or how to sort of work it next level. And we kind of go over all that. Um, but it's, it's the number one thing. So when the pandemic hit and that was the word, everybody needed source connect. A lot of people that do again, different parts of the business were like, well, why aren't we using IPDTL? And I'm like, well, that's because most studios aren't using that. We're all set up for source connect and we want to be able to get to you. Source connect has a component called source link which connects to Pro Tools for us or a lot of DAWs, which allows me to record you in real time, right? All the other web-based versions that are out there where I might have a clean feed account and I just send you a link. Um, it'll work as long as the engineer has like Nexus or some way to bring that signal back into their DAW to record it. And one of the interesting things I found, and I actually did an article about this. My website's got tons of content. Just go in there and search for what you want. There's a lot of stuff. Um, but I did a blog post that do you really need Source Connect? Because once all the actors understood the importance of Ethernet in their computer and got that set up for Source Connect, if they have an issue with Source Connect, I can throw them a Source Connect Now link for free and access them through a browser and still record them just fine, as long as your internet's good. In the early days of the pandemic, people would say, I have Source Connect, but what they had was the free version or an account set up for that, and it would be a complete failure. We'd be trying to record and it'd be dropping out, their internet wasn't good, but as things wore on, that got set up. Source Connect makes the best products. I don't care what your experience is with any of the other things out there. They don't do what Source Connect does. And there's a million reasons I could get into, but we would spend the whole rest of tonight talking about it. <laughs> um, functions that don't have to do with your setup. But one of the things that I, I don't really even take full advantage of is Q-Restore and Replace, where what actually happens is I record you on Source Connect, but then in in behind the scenes, I'm actually getting your files dumped over into my Pro Tools session. So I actually have your stuff. I don't take advantage of it because I find the quality of Source Connect to be 
perfectly fine without it for most voiceover stuff. So, yes, you you do need it. But again, that mandate should change a little bit. You know, if you you shouldn't have to pay for a thing that if you happen to live where all the work you're doing is being done and you have a studio there, maybe you don't need to. But that's that's a holdover from COVID that probably needs to be rethought. Yeah. And um, computers like uh, is there does it matter if you're Mac or PC? Does it matter what DAW you use? It doesn't matter whether you have a Mac or a PC, except that I love Macs and I really hate PCs. Um, but look, if you're comfortable and you're good with it and you understand it, great. Uh, I'm all in on Mac and I do die a little bit when somebody reaches out for help and they're on a PC because I know things that are going to happen immediately. We're going to get on Zoom and we're going to start consulting and talking. And then I'm going to ask them to open up their DAW and record something. And the minute they do, their sound on Zoom is going to start to break up. And it's got to do with the way the drivers play with each other. And we haven't even gotten to Source Connect. So if you're really in the know and you know how to resolve those issues, great. Mac does it all effortlessly all the time. So I'm all in on Mac. Like if you don't have a computer and you're going to get one, just please get a Mac. Makes everybody's life so much easier for voiceover. But I'm a big fan. Um, JT? I think you had some questions. Well, I mean, I do have a PC and it's a custom built audio recording PC. And I've used Audition forever because I came from radio and we used the precursor to Audition back then. And I mean, I've been doing this so long that, you know, I was going to Staples and buying the version in the box and, um, it was only recently actually that I had to have my ports mapped so that my PC could talk to a Mac through source connect. There was like this huge connection issue. Um, do you find that often? Well, I mean, source connect really does want your ports to be mapped, right? That's part of the connection. If you're on a Mac, I don't know if this exists for PC. I I'm assuming it does, but there's a thing called source stream, right? Uh, so, for example, at the studio, because we had to become a, uh, a TPN certified facility, trusted partner network for all the film studios and TV studios we deal with, we had to kind of pass muster on security. And part of that meant uh, changing the way our Internet is in such a way that we get the using source stream message all the time now. It's really frustrating because I feel like oh, it makes us look bad because the port's not mapped. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect what we're doing. Um even at home, sometimes my port's mapped and I'll connect to an actor and their port's mapped and we'll still get the using source stream message. So I don't know. I recall having Robert Marshall from Source Elements on a webinar at some point during lockdown. Uh, and he said version four does away with port mapping. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to hold through to the final thing or if I misunderstood. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, that's you do need that to work. But if it doesn't, on a Mac, there's a, a little tab you can just engage if it doesn't go automatically called use source stream, and that'll sort of make it work, right? That's a quick fix. But I don't know. I think like on PCs, you're on version 3.8. Macs are on version 3.9. 4.0 is eminent. It's going to change everything. Just like I went out and bought uh, from them source talkback, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, it just means when I hit record, the clients are muted automatically. Uh, and when I hit stop, the talk back opens and we can all speak again. Like that's built into my template and source Nexus, which allows me to connect everything to everything. So I have in my template uh, built. So I've got uh, 
Zoom return and send Source Connect now two versions of that. I can I can record two actors through the web that way. My Source Connect channel, everything is sort of a mixed minus. So I can have three actors remotely uh, at once and nobody gets an echo um, because of the products they make. But ne- now they have the new Nexus suite, which is fantastic. I'm going to have to get it at some point at the moment. I just spent a lot of money on my home studio and I'm not looking to spend any more. Like I got the new M3 MacBook Pro and I got new displays and I had to upgrade all my software, including Pro Tools, like thousands of dollars spent. Um, so I'm not looking to spend more, but they, they, I can't even get into all the wonderful things that they make and do. Like they are the leaders and, um, PC, unfortunately seems to be a little behind on that. You don't get source stream, I think organically i don't know if it gets turned on somehow on the far end but as far as port mapping they'll you know when you buy source connect they'll do it for you uh, i had to have them do it for me i was a little bit in the weeds and you know when lockdown hit i ended up having uh, i forget his name but he's in spain and he had to get on with me at 4 a.m my time and take over my computer and map my ports and then yep. great good to go and so. i've had source connect for i don't know five years now five or six and I only had my ports mapped, sadly, like a couple months ago Wow! because I had no idea. So in the couple instances where I had connection problems between my PC and somebody's Mac, they moved their studio like to a home location where they had a PC or, or something and, and just worked it out. So I was like, ports mapped? I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but I think using Audition probably complicates that too. Um, it shouldn't. But like Pro Tools, I it came with my focus right. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's it's so beyond me. But it's and- not. <laughs> I actually uh, I just started because. I, I'm so impressed by Pro Tools intro, which they give you for free, uh, that I finally just put together a class on it. And I did my inaugural group. We had 10 people in that class. And it was a learning curve for all of us because I underestimated what people don't know about the basics of a computer. So the first hour and a half of the class was just getting people sorted out with stuff I thought we would not need to spend any time on. So now the next version of the class I'm teaching, there's going to be like pre-class. There's going to be a lot of stuff to learn before we meet. So that stuff's done. And then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of Pro Tools. But I will tell you, I'm very anti-subscription-based DAWs, right? I mean, the most basic thing you can do is get Audacity, which is free, and have it on your computer and work. And I have nothing against it. I don't care. They all sound the same in the end, as long as your booth is good and your mic is good. I don't care what you're using. But I am fundamentally against Adobe Audition, if you're paying monthly for features that you may or may not ever be using, especially when you're in a world where Pro Tools Intro does all of it and more for zero dollars. And, you know, the only valid answers I get from people is like, oh, my spouse is a photographer and they're already paying for the whole cloud. So it comes with it or I'm an educator and I get it anyway. Okay, great. But that's a social media thing. You go into these groups and people talk about Adobe Audition and it's like, look, I mean, hey, if it works for you and you've got the budget for it, go for it. I don't care. It doesn't really affect what I do, but I will tell you Pro Tools intro rocks. And when I teach the class and there are these sort of aha moments when people sort of see not just punch and roll, but 
in quick punch mode how you can punch in but still peel back like it's already recording even though it was only playing all these little things that it does that blow people away never needing to do a clicker thing that people do when they do audio books like it is and when when you see it when you when you do the class and you see it firsthand it's everyone's like oh crap but to get there yes it does take time but once you once you set it up for exactly what you need and save a template that you're now good to go every time it's great uh it does look intimidating but once you see it in action you're like that's basically like everything else except it's free um it's not to be all end all i've you know i'm a pro tools user because my industry is pro tools every studio is basically on it i've worked with better daws uh years ago that did more stuff but we're in a pro tools world so where can we find your your classes uh, I'm going to tell you, and you guys are, you're this, you're going to be the second people to really know about this. Cause I sent Deb Sprawling a sort of an advanced link for her group. Um, but on Thursday, today. Thursday, I'm doing an email blast. It's all set to go. There's all these discount codes coming out for Valentine's day. Uh, so classes, services, everything's going to have, you know, uh, promo codes. Uh, so I'm running them every week starting February 15th. So I'm doing home studio primer. Then I'm doing a Source Connect class and general connectivity. It's beyond Source Connect. Then I'm doing an RX Elements class for the people that need it. If you're a commercial voice actor and that's all you're doing, don't sign up. You don't need it. If you're doing audiobooks or you're delivering finished stuff, this might be for you if you want to learn your tools. And then I'm doing a Pro Tools class again, beginning of March. So every week from mid-February to early March, uh, and we'll see, you know, I, it's when people start reaching out and they ask for stuff. I'm like, okay, time to do a class. Um, I like doing them. <laughs> well perfect so told, do we I'm go to your website cheap. do we go to your yeah, website yeah go to just go to frankfurterosa.com click on events uh but even more importantly you're going to see a search tab pop up and if you have a question about source connect just type in source hit enter and anything i've typed about it you're going to find there's even stuff about pro tools there's stuff about mics there's i do an annual holiday guide where i find all the sales on mics and gear and i kind of post that every year um Lots of content, how to remove noise from your mouth without using plugins and lots of content there for everybody. It's free. That's Oops. awesome. Fantastic. And more importantly, if you sign up, not only do you get the newsletters, which I don't, I don't do spammy. Like I get five a month through Wix, but I use like two. Like I'm not big on email blasts, but there's a user form I'm trying to get more people engaged with. And there are also private groups when you take a class that you can come to afterwards and ask questions and post things you found and kind of share with previous students and current students. Um, that's for you as well. And that's all baked in. Perfect. Well, we've made it an hour that went fast. I told you it wow. would, <laughs> I was going to fly. Uh, thank you for joining us. But before you go, we always like to ask our guests three for fun questions. Um, so the first one is what show or series are you binge watching right now? If you're a binger, I'm not a binger, but I, I got hooked on three different series, uh, cause I was locked. I was in COVID lockdown since the beginning of the year. So I was quarantined in the oh. studio with a bed down here for two weeks solid in that time. Uh, I got all caught up and finished, uh, for all mankind on Apple TV, which I really enjoyed, even though it jumped the shark and got super weird still kind of a fun ride uh jack ryan on prime yes. got all caught up yeah. and finished that whole series which was a fun ride reacher which is like a guilty pleasure it's like uh -huh. you know a uh, fun action thing and gosh uh i 
think that's it for them. I mean, there are so many, but I, well, I, know. I have I know. so little time for TV that when I finally do get into something, I have to like force myself to kind of watch it. Commit. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your dream vacation? Or if you've, if you have already taken it, what was it? Oh gosh. At the moment, I would love to go to a all-inclusive island resort for a good couple of weeks. Bless you, Alicia. <laughs> Where Saw it, in? didn't hear it. Anywhere. Tell us, tell us where and when, and we'll. <laughs> I know, yeah, literally anywhere. Any every time I see people posting a resort, I'm like, let's go there, let's go there, because yep. I have to say, I'm not super great at taking vacations. Wow. Um, I need You're to be one better of at those. That. Yeah, those. you know, just for for clarity, like I work for digital arts ten to six every day. Okay. Uh, not every day is busy as others, but if I'm going in. Ending at six means getting home at seven if New Jersey Transit's running properly. Sometimes not. But then from nine to midnight every night, I'm either doing my own podcasts, other people's podcasts, wow. audiobook work, producing demo reels, teaching classes, or consulting like every night, nine till midnight. And then I get my seven hours and do it again. So there's not a lot of getaway time and I need to take some. Because again, right. well, bringing us full circle to being tired. All exactly, the time. <laughs> and we will be your accountability people. We'll be there like, Frank, are we scheduling the all inclusive? Okay. <laughs> uh, the last question is, what's your go-to shower singing song? I don't sing in the shower. Nobody no. needs that. It's all right. It wouldn't be fair to anybody, especially the cats. We forget. <laughs> we forgive you. All right, Ab, close us out. A huge thank you to everybody who joined live today. We really appreciate it, especially at a new time than normal. If you're listening to our podcast, feel free to join us live usually every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. If you missed a live episode, you can always catch the recording later. It's on our website, boothbesties.com, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And if you want to watch us be silly, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Um, we would honestly really appreciate it if any of you would take the time to go and leave a review. Those reviews help us reach more voice actors who are looking for quality content that can help them. And we are working harder to make that happen. So hop on any platform. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And once again, make sure you're signed up for the VO Booth Besties newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. Join us next week at our regular time when we talk to David Alden about promo. Thank you for being here and have a great night. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.